I'm happy to share this week's show sponsor, Cubicle to CEO, is one of my new favorite podcasts. Cubicle to CEO, led by Ellen Yin, is a mentorship-focused media company on a mission to make mentorship accessible to the masses so all women everywhere can pursue what's possible. Love that. In corporate America, Leadership Mentor helped me to quickly develop ways to level up my skill set for an upcoming promotion, so I am a mentorship believer. You know I started a personal brand and began podcasting last year. So I'm sharing this info about Cubicle to CEO with you because I only wish I had known back then about Ellen's weekly show and mentorship programs to guide and encourage me in those early kind of rough days. Her case studies, for example, are both inspirational and actionable. I recently listened to episode 143, which goes into the details of how the fabulous Dr. Tarika Barrett, the CEO of Girls Who Code, recently pivoted during the global pandemic and achieved enrollment increases from 1,600 to 5,000 students. Want to use the best income growth strategies from top entrepreneurs and CEOs, including Ellen herself? You can binge listen to past income reports on Cubicle to CEO today, plus receive free access to your first 10K month masterclass and a bonus workbook by going to our special link, zen.ai slash curious CEO. That's zen, Z-E-N dot A-I slash curious CEO. Welcome to the My Curious Colleague podcast with your host, me, Denise Veneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Hello, my curious colleagues, and welcome to today's Double Secret Bonus Questions with my colleague, Maxine Weber, Director of Marketing Nutraceuticals for Ashland. So let's get right into the first one. Your career has largely been focused on food and beverage organization, you know, either the B2C or more recently B2B. I could probably ask myself the same question, but what is it that that really draws you to continue to work in this world of you know food and beverages? Well, probably the simplest answer, Denise, is I like to eat, <laughs> and you know you develop a passion for food, yeah. but it's something that's very relatable. You know, everyone. Mm-hmm you know, can relate to having, you know, their favorite meal, their favorite dessert, their favorite drink, um, and just being part of, you know, bringing those sort of products that enrich people's lives to the marketplace, I find to be very rewarding. And um, to me, it's, it's more important to be tangible. A long time ago, I worked in a lab, um, you know, doing primary research, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to, you know, make that connection of going to work every day. What do I do? And how is that going to make the world a better place or enrich someone else's life? But I think if you're in um, consumer packaged goods, or, you know, even now I'm doing health ingredients that know that you're making a difference in someone's life. Perfect. I hear you, sister. I hear you. All right. Let's, let's look back. Let's look back to your time um, leading consumer affairs for Pinnacle Foods. 
actually you were leading um, regulatory affairs and uh, consumer affairs at the same time, God bless you. What does it take in your estimation to be a good business partner? And I'm asking that because I know the setup was you were really sort of the sole point of contact for Pinnacle Foods for consumer affairs. And then you partnered with um, an outsourced um, vendor who supported you in that, in that effort of the consumer care. So um, tell me a little bit about your, your secret for success there. Uh, Well, again, uh, this would be sort of my personal point of view, but I felt like, first of all, I wanted to get to know my team. Um, They were within driving distance. So it was a little bit over an hour away So on a regular basis, I would try to actually go there and meet the team. So I wanted to know them, and I think they wanted to know me. Um, We would have discussions probably on a monthly basis, not just about their performance, but expectations. Um, You know, I really wanted to hear what they were hearing, kind of, you know, what were the words and the sentiments behind the numbers. So I think that part was important. Um, And then, you know, just quite honestly, most of them were young working mothers. And uh, when I thought about what was important to me or helpful to me when I was a young working mother, it was being able to get to, you know, a child school play or being able to be there and take them out for Uh, trick-or-treating on Halloween. So we developed a little bit of um, a flex schedule so that on certain holidays like Christmas or Easter or um, Halloween, we would have, uh, you know, maybe two or three people of the team. So maybe two or three out of eight would be able to sign up if they felt like they needed to leave an hour early or half an hour early to get to a child's play or get to the Halloween parade. And then they would make up that time on another day. So they could come in, you know, half an hour early on a couple of days if they were able to leave early that day. Um, And they worked it out amongst themselves. So I I think that it was a good cooperative system. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that, that where I know for sure that by being flexible and being understanding or um, it happened to be also, I should say, in an area where on occasion they would get really heavy snowfalls. Mm. And so um, if people were 15 minutes late, I would say, look, we're not going to write someone up because they took a little bit of time to get to work. So they had a grace period on a snow day and we would work that out with the management team. Mm -hmm. Again, they could stay 15 minutes later if they were 15 minutes late to start. And because of that, the turnover in our group was almost zero for at least two years. And they said in um, this particular company that we used had multiple call centers and my team was the only team that had a really low turnover rate. It had the lowest turnover rate out of all of their um, their businesses. Um, and people would say, you know, what, what are you doing to yeah. give it such a low turnover rate? And 
I just feel like if you're a human being and you treat your team like they're valuable employees and recognize that everyone's trying to do the best job and sometimes having super rigid rules um, kind of stands in the way of like the bigger picture, which is to have people who are motivated to come to work and they feel that they're recognized that they're not just a robot. Mm. Um, And so anyway, I think that's one of the things that I did that, you know, looking back, I feel happy that I you know, took a chance and did that. No one else had been doing that. And I just thought, you know, let's try it, see if it works. You know, if it didn't work in, you know, the first one or two times, then we would have stopped doing it, but it worked. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the team was happy. And like I said, the turnover was almost zero. And in fact, it's the one team that I was told um, when there wasn't uh, a vacancy that there was quite a number of people who wanted to join that team. So anyway, pat myself on the back for that. Wow. Let me pat you as well. Brilliant. And may I say very cutting edge. Um, Sad to say, um, it's not until recently that I've heard that the, the phrase that I'm thinking about, which is, you know, focusing on the employee experience as well as the, you know, the customer experience. I mean, you were um, human. And um, let, let me just recap those those three juicy nuggets, everybody. So the last one was really to me was about the employee experience, you being human and also a little, you know, cutting, cutting edge on work-life balance. This was before, um, you know, I think that that was very prominent like it is now um with everything going on in the world so that's the first one and that's really juicy tip for folks the second one i heard was this you know making sure that you have consistent connectivity with your team you were talking about monthly connections where it's not only your expectations which i think is so important in itself um so people know what they're kind of you know working towards and just being very clear on that but also um, what y- they were hearing. So really looking to them to um, to be the listeners and share that back, which I think, again, almost goes, it just goes a little to being, a, you know, a good human, um, knowing that they're, they're really the ones that are right there on that, on that, uh, the front line and hearing things sooner than maybe we are in corporate. And then the first one, of course, was, was very simple. And again, it's a human touch. You had an interest to know them. They had an interest to know you and you went out of your way to make sure that you were physically there at the time. We could do that. Um, and, um, you know, get to know each other. And I think that goes a long way as well. So it's three juicy, three juicy nuggets and, um, really appreciate Emacs, uh, answering your two double secret bonus questions today. Okay. Well, thank you, Denise. Very nice to get to talk to you and also to your listeners. Thanks. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague podcast with Denise Veneri. Thank you for your time.